Saudi Arabia's American-backed war on Yemen continues, yet it is massively failing to achieve its stated objectives. The Houthis continue to advance in the region, and the instability is causing Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula to gain more ground. Yes, bombing civilians in the poorest country in the Arab world is only exacerbating the crisis. Before the bombing campaign even started, two-thirds of Yemen's population was already in need of aid, and almost half of the country food insecure. At the time of this broadcast, more than 600 people are dead, 1,700 are wounded, and tens of thousands displaced. Yemen has erupted in a full-blown humanitarian crisis. Despite the recent collaborative wave of aggression, the U.S. government has already been drone bombing Yemen for over a decade. So what interests does the U.S. and Saudi Arabia have in Yemen? And why does America continue to pledge unyielding support to one of the world's worst human rights abusers and most oppressive monarchies? To help me break it all down, I'm joined now by Ali Al-Ahmed, Director of the Institute for Gulf Affairs. Ali, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, the Saudi-led airstrikes against Shia rebels in Yemen are in its third week. Um, can you first talk about what interests Saudi Arabia has in Yemen and why Shia rebels pose a threat to the monarchy? Saudi bombardment of Yemen does not target uh, rebels uh, per se. It really is targeting the center of gravity in Yemen, the power of the Yemeni state, of the, of the, of Yemen, the, the Yemeni nation. Because the Saudis' goal is to to force Yemenis to submit to their will. Since 1978, after the Saudis supported the coup against the popular president Ibrahim Al Hamdi, uh, which uh, ended up uh, murdering him and supporting a regime, a puppet regime of Saudi Arabia, when that changed in 2001, the Saudis started losing control of that puppet regime because of the uh, youth revolution in Yemen. The, now, the government of uh, Abd al-Mansur Hadi was the replacement puppet regime, uh, but it has not been able to control Yemen because the Yemeni uh, political landscape had, has changed. Now you have different players uh, uh, who are independent and seeking independence from Yemen. It's, it's really, so in a nutshell, the Saudi war on Yemen is designed to bully Yemen uh, to act like a big brother uh, over Yemen, to force Yemenis to surrender to Saudi uh, wishes. Uh, and uh, the re- this is the primary reason uh, behind the war. You notice one thing, that Yemen has not, sta- has not shy, has, you notice one thing, that Yemen has not fired a single shot at Saudi Arabia in spite of three weeks of con- continued bombing. And we keep hearing on the Western press, Iran-backed, you know, Iran-backed Houthis. I mean, to what extent is Iran providing support for the Houthis and what interests does it have in doing so? In 2009, uh, the then Houthi rebels did not receive any support from Iran whatsoever. Yet the Saudis uh, bombed them for three months uh, nonstop uh, with cluster bombs, killing thousands of civilians with U.S. support. Uh, now, since then, Houthis did have, uh, do have contacts with Iran, but to say that they are Iranian-backed, I think this is really splitting hairs. Uh, they have contacts with Iran, they are receiving some aid from Iran, and that, uh, they are not the only group in the Middle East that have contacts with Iran. 
people don't talk about Abdurrahman Mansur Hadi as Saudi backed or Al Qaeda and ISIS are Qatari backed or Saudi backed. So really, it is a very biased statement. If you are going to call Houthis or Ansarullah, that's their real name, uh, Iranian-backed, you should say Hadi is Saudi-backed, and you should say ISIS is Saudi-backed, and uh, Al-Qaeda is Qatari-backed. Uh, really, so, but there is contacts, there is support, but it's they are not stooges of, of Iran. They are a, a, a Yemeni social movement that has uh, been founded uh, 20 years ago and has grown and taken over a large part of, of Yemen. And that's why you can see their, their uh, support that sh- was shown uh, uh, Friday with uh, uh, thousands of people going to, to the streets against the Saudi war on Yemen. Yeah, good point there. We should be saying that all these, uh, you know, ISIS and al-Qaeda are Saudi-backed because they are. Um, and let's talk about what countries are backing the strikes. I mean, the coalition consists of Bahrain, Qatar, Morocco, Sudan, Egypt, and of course, the United States. I mean, what's that song? One of these things is not like the other. I mean, in what ways is the U.S. providing material support for this bombing campaign? The coalition that's bombing Yemen today is a coalition of absolute monarchies, dictators, and genocidal uh, rulers like uh, Omar al-Bashir of Sudan, who is wanted by the International uh, Criminal Court for uh, genocide, in addition to uh, Pakistan, uh, politically, mm-hmm. and Turkey. The U.S. is supporting this kind of, uh, of uh, arrangement. The U.S. is backing an alliance of uh, dictators and uh, genocidal leaders that's uh, that's gonna make uh, Abraham Lincoln and uh, Thomas Jefferson and George Washington uh, commit suicide in their graves. Uh, you know uh, this is uh, really uh, misguided. It shows how clueless the Obama administration is about the region, or the fact that they don't care for the life and security and peace of the Yemeni people. Uh, it is really, uh, to me, is insulting because it is, uh, it, it is an expression of cultural uh, bigotry toward uh, the people of Yemen and the people of the region to support an illegal war that uh, has no merit in international law. And of course, the military-industrial complex churns on. Uh, new figures show that Obama has overseen a huge increase in weapons sales to foreign Gulf states since taking office. Check this out. In the first five years in office, his weapons deals has already exceeded Bush's entire eight-year term by $30 billion. And of course, as you mentioned before, Saudi Arabia has trained ISIS fighters. The U.S. is training Syrian rebels. I mean, obviously, this equipment is not going to stay in the hands of everyone, the CIA vets. Why is the U.S. continuing to flood this highly unstable region with weapons? And what is happening as a result? It is true that the industrial military complex in the United States are interested in one thing, selling weapons. Uh, you know, but the U.S. administration is so ignorant to the fact that the U.S. can sell more uh, to the Middle East other than weapons. Look at education, hospitals, roads, communications, houses. And I have been trying to convince the State Department and the White House to say in, in Saudi Arabia, for example, there is an immediate need for 2 million houses and for 50,000 schools where the U.S. companies could actually focus on that and provide 
the infrastructure and the and the the, the, the material for a lot of these things, and they would make a hundred million hundred billion dollars instead of thirty. But there is an element of uh, you know uh, of corruption here because the industrial military complex has greater lobbying power over the U.S. administrations than, let's say, the Lumber Association of America or the Builders Association <laughs> of America. Uh, but, you know, supporting, uh, the U.S. supporting the bread and butter of the Middle East and investing in that and, uh, and building that will bring more jobs to the United States, will bring more prosperity to the people of America, and as well, it will support stability and well-being of the people in the Middle East. So I mean, that is a very basic, uh, really, uh, policy that the U.S. could adopt, which benefits the United States and its people and benefits the people in the, in, in, in the Arab world. Yet there is a continuous insistence that the Obama administration not only sold more weapons, they, the, United, the, the Obama administration gave the Saudis and Bahrain's Kuwaitis uh, software and companies that has enabled them to spy on their citizenry. To uh, the United States or Obama administration has authorized a company like Delux, which is the top uh, uh, American company in cyber warfare that allows them to hack and to spy and to target uh, uh, and surveil their citizens uh, much more effectively th than than before. And really, this is a, a supposedly a, a liberal president is helping crushing the the dreams of the people in, in the Middle East, especially in the Gulf countries where the United States has supported these regimes. If there is a study by uh, an American professor that since, two, since 1970, the United States has spent, the US taxpayers has spent $7 trillion defending, uh, in military expenditures, defending the Gulf absolute monarchies. This is ridiculous. If you ask the revolutionaries the American revolutionaries who overthrew the monarchy created an American republic, how they feel about it, I think they'll be shocked to see that the government that they built on the ruins of monarchy is now helping, propping the last stronghold of absolute monarchies in the Middle East. I mean, how is this bombing campaign going to play out? We've seen time and again all of these interventions just result in utter dire humanitarian crises, failed states. I mean, the U.S. has already been drone bombing Yemen for years. What exact tactical support is the U.S. providing to Saudi Arabia? Are they providing the targets? Are they providing the, you know, most of the weaponry? Um, how are they helping to actually bomb Yemen right now with Saudi Arabia? And, and what do you think this whole campaign is going to do to exacerbate already one of the region's poorest countries? The American involvement in this war has been uh, early and from the beginning. Just the name of this war, the storm of, of, of resolve, uh, it's not an Arabic expression. It's been translated. I think it was written here by some uh, officer in the United States uh, Army, and it's been translated to Arabic because that expression doesn't exist in Arabic. Uh, secondly, because there is no, in Arabic, there is no storm of resolve. Uh, that expression doesn't exist right. in the whole history of the Arabic language. Uh, secondly, the U.S. has been provided and have provided uh, targets, GPS locations, and continue to use uh, satellites and drones to provide for uh, the air force of uh, Omar al-Bashir, the genocidal uh, ruler of Sudan, 
and other dictatorships to bomb Yemenis. If Yemenis have not waged a war in the United States, yet mm. the U.S. is providing and assisting in this war just because the U.S., the Obama administration, has placed uh, the Saudi monarchy's uh, interests and priorities in Yemen ahead of American interests, uh, and actually, actually in opposition to American interests in Yemen. Uh, the U.S. is providing uh, air cover, providing uh, refueling, uh, air refueling of jets, and providing uh, evacuation for when we seen that with Saudi plane uh, crashed into the into the waters, the Americans uh, uh, took or or uh, evacuated these pilots who who fell in in the water. So the Americans are closely involved to, to this war. They are not bombing, but they are part of the mm-hmm. control and command room. There is um, there are American officers in the command and control room of this of this war, and they are providing assistance and intelligence and hour to hour updates uh, in the, in this war. So they are uh, they are deeply involved in in, in this war. Uh, the American involvement in this war is like somebody shooting themselves in the face because the U.S. policy in Yemen was to deprive Al-Qaeda from using Yemen as a, 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 you know, as a launching pad against the United States. The Saudi bombing of Yemen is, is really uh, uh, making the Saudi Air Force and other uh, jets uh, acting like Al Qaeda and ISIS Air Force, right. bombing the same forces uh, that are fighting Al Qaeda and ISIS. In fact, the uh, right now the Yemeni army with the with with the, with Ansarullah or the, the popular committees have been able to root out Al Qaeda from several regions for the first time. Nobody else has been able to root out and to destroy Al Qaeda infrastructure in Yemen, even with U.S. drones for years wasn't able to achieve that. Now Yemenis are doing it. When they are doing it, when they are achieving this goal of rooting out Al-Qaeda, you support the bombing of the same people. Not only insane, it really shows that this is borderline treason because you are protecting, in a way, the people who are targeting the United States. AQAP, Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, is classified by the United States as the most dangerous terrorist group on U.S. security, yet the U.S. is supporting the bombing of their strongest and most effective enemy. Yeah, I mean, it's perhaps the greatest irony of all, or hypocrisy rather, of the war on terror is is this unholy alliance with Saudi Arabia. And of course, I mean, don't even get me started on Syria. Let's get into Saudi Arabia a little bit more. Uh, for people who don't really understand how this country became such a such an important global player, talk about briefly how it was founded in 1932 and rose to such influence. The Saudi uh, state was founded with, with the support of the British Empire, who was interested in dismantling the Ottoman uh, Empire uh, and uh, sought the help and assistance of local uh, warlords like uh, the al-Saud ruling family to undermine the control of the Ottoman Empire. Uh, And uh, they supported, the British supported, the establishment of the Gulf monarchies. And they were modeled after the British monarchy in terms of titles, like His Royal Highness and His Majesty. These titles 
were not uh, known in the Arab culture. Uh, so uh, not until the 19th century or the early 20th century, we, we saw uh, the, these titles uh, and the first person called His Royal Highness Prince so and so on. So it, these are the direct results of uh, Western or British involvement in the Middle East, in the, in the Gulf specifically, and they were used, they were empowered to uh, to fight the British or uh, the, the Turkish uh, Empire, which was at war with with the, with the British and other Western powers. That was uh, culminated in the fall of the uh, Ottoman uh, Empire and the establishment of modern day Turkey. Uh, those uh, then the, the the British and the French uh, divided the Middle East between themselves and uh, nursed uh, political systems that uh, really uh, uh, answers to them only, not to their people. They established an absolute monarchies and they re rejected any popular de demand for participation. We saw that very clearly in the Gulf, in the how the British were supporting the Al Khalifa and they continued to support Al Khalifa absolute monarchy in Bahrain, although there was huge protests from from the early uh, 20th century up to now for democracy, for constitution, the, the United Kingdom stood firmly against the people's desire to establish a constitutional popular government in Bahrain. The same thing in the Arabian Peninsula, which is called now uh, Saudi Arabia, the, the British and then American uh, power stood firmly against the people's will and behind the monarchy's domination of the country's politics, economics, uh, social and religious uh, 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 sphere. So you really see here an active policy of supporting uh, an absolute monarchy uh, in every Gulf state and opposing any popular uh, demand. Imagine even the Washington Post uh, labeled a friend of mine who is leading who is now in jail serving lifetime, who is leading and calling for the establishment of a republic in Bahrain rather than a monarchy. In the Washington Post, the supposed liberal uh, newspaper called this man a radical. Radical, then George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and, and uh, Ben Franklin are radicals too because they established a republic instead of a monarchy on this land, which we call today the United States of America, a government supposedly of the people, by the people, for the people. And that's what the people of the Middle East want. They want a government of the people, not the government of the Al-Saur, Al-Subah, or Al-Thani, a small group of uh, despotic fiefdoms who control and rob the people from every single shred of dignity, they rob their people from uh, their right to rule, to decide the future of, of their country, and are preventing, are trying to prevent the people uh, of Yemen, uh, Syria, or Iraq, or Tunisia, or Egypt from deciding their form of government, from choosing their own leaders. And there's this whole clash of civilizations mantra where, you know, you, you have the establishment basically calling Islam inherently evil and barbaric and uncultured and no one really seems to understand how this has all been fostered and perpetuated by the West, the stifling of evolution 
from these countries and from the people's sovereignty and their own political will. Um, it's been crushed over the decades. Um, and of course, the Obama administration just announced that Venezuela, of all places, is a national security threat to this country. You know, and he cites these harsh sanctions because of its, quote, extraordinary human rights abuses. But meanwhile, of course, you know, Saudi Arabia, um, public beheadings, floggings of bloggers who simply criticize the king in public squares. I mean, talk about the kind of judicial system Saudi Arabia has and what kind of crimes carry the death penalty there. Uh, Saudi Arabia is one of the dark uh, areas of human rights uh, in the world. Uh, let's start with women, for example. Women in Saudi Arabia are not considered human beings. They are considered a human being in part because they must be chaperoned owned by, or owned by a man. Every woman in, in Saudi Arabia must have a male master. And I'm saying master. When I say master, a person, a man, no matter how young, how old he is, and no matter how young the woman and old the woman or qualified, she must have a male master who uh, who uh, will sign uh, and will allow her to go to school, work, get, receive hospital care, uh, even uh, uh, leave the house if, if, if the person decides uh, to travel, to, to marry, uh, every woman needs that, needs that man's permission, that master's permission. So there is no other country in the universe that has the same status for women. I have never heard a single secretary of state, including the female uh, secretary of state from Albright to Clinton to Condoleezza Rice, speak about this. They have never addressed this issue of women being basically relegated to this position of being slaves, a property of their male guardians. Uh, and of course, women are prevented from many things, including sports. This is a country that the only country in the world where women cannot join a, a sporting club, cannot exercise, cannot play. There is no physical education in any of the uh, schools in the country. Banned by the government. It's not a decision by the people like Western bigots are trying to 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 propagate that the people there are against it. No, they are not. Saudi Arabia is not a democracy. In terms of the court system, I don't want to use the word justice. In terms of the Saudi court system is very much like a KKK court system. Only whites are allowed. In Saudi Arabia, only Wahhabi, Najdis are allowed. If you are a Shia or if you are a woman, if you are black, for example, if you are a regular Sunni uh, or a secular individual, you cannot be a judge. There are not a single black uh, in in a judge in Saudi Arabia, and I this is I'm saying this because the United States, led by a black president, has not raised this issue with the Saudi. The treatment of blacks in Saudi Arabia is completely racist. Yet we have seen uh, Eric Holder, the black uh, general attorney, attorney general, and the Mr. Obama, who is black, raised this issue. They have they are betraying their own when they deal with racist, outright racist, uh, who discriminate against blacks in their country. Uh, in terms of other human rights, we're talking about there is not a single human rights organization, independent human rights organization in the country. Uh, what you have is government agencies that are trying to hide human rights. Ca women cannot drive. Uh, uh, bloggers, thousands of them, who, have been, who are spending time in jail, 
people who have been shot and killed by death squads, supported and, and, and trained by U.S. companies and American weaponry in the streets. Protesters have been murdered, including children. And you see uh, there is not a single freedom in terms of religious freedom, in terms of political freedom. You cannot start uh, an organization at any level uh, in, in Saudi Arabia, even calling for uh, environmental causes, uh, let alone political or human rights causes. So this is really an absolute monarchy where the government does not allow for the people to participate. There are no elections. Whatever they have those elections for municipal councils are for basically councils for half of the seats, and now it's going to be only for 30% of the seats. We, these councils have no power. They just sit and talk and <laughs> send a letter to the minister and say, we think you should do this, we should, we should do this and we should do that. But they don't have a budget. They don't control their own agenda. The government controls everything. So this is a country that has no press freedom, no religious freedom, no political freedom, no woman freedom, no freedom of any kind. Yet it has not ever gotten public uh, criticism from the United States ever, ever. And because the United States look at that country as uh, that we only deal with the ruling uh, monarchy, the people, the word people does not, uh, if you look at all the public statements of the State Department and the White House, the word people show up in the 60 years, maybe three times, three times in 60 years, which shows you that this is, this is really, I think, is caused mostly by, and uh, not only by corruption, but also by the cultural supremacy and cultural uh, bigotry that uh, policymakers in the United States carry toward Arabs in, in the Gulf. Um, amazing. And, and of course, you know, as we mentioned before on Breaking the Set, is, is that video of that woman just getting straight up beheaded in the middle of a freeway by state forces. I mean, this is the kind of thing that's going on there. And the person who filmed it is now probably going to either die or go to jail for the rest of his life for filming it. Um, and, you know, we're talking about crimes, quote unquote, crimes like sorcery, adultery. I mean, all of these things could carry the death penalty there. Um, and I wanted to talk about Wahhabism because, of course, leaked WikiLeaks cables show that Saudi Arabia is the biggest donor of, or funder, rather, of Sunni terror. We know that the royal family was intimately involved in the 9-11 attacks. The U.S. government is actively covering up the crime. I mean, they still have those 28 pages that they're withholding of declassified material proving that Saudi Arabia was complicit, not just Saudi Arabia, but the actual royal family. Talk about the concept of Wahhabism, the philosophy behind it, and how much terror Saudi Arabia is responsible for worldwide. Wahhabism is the uh, religious interpretation of the ruling family. It is the localized uh, version of Islam in the region, in, in the heart of, uh, of Arabia. It's not adopted by the majority of the Muslims, but it has been spread through the use of uh, petrodollar across the world, including in the United States with building a Saudi mosques and uh, organizations and funding people and training thousands of Muslims or converts into, into this uh, very narrow-minded interpretation of the, of the religion of Islam. It's one of the newest interpretation of Islam, but it has, it's one of the harshest backward uh, interpretation. It's a localized, isolated uh, interpretation of Islam that really, it, it, uh, in, uh, in terms of Islam at large, represent maybe 1%, but it has the money. 
and it has the it controls the holy places of Mecca and Medina and it controls uh, the largest supply of oil and backed by the United States and Europe in general that to to promote Saudi Arabia as the the Vatican of Islam and that could be in some analyst mind that that is could be deliberate because you want to give an image of Islam that is backward that mm-hmm. is uh, evil that's anti-women that's not Islam this this is Saudi Islam uh, and uh, it is created and and controlled to give the impression that the al saud the ruling monarchy are the protector of Islam in where in fact Islam forbids monarchy it's very clear it's in the Quran that Quran condemns monarchy and condemns this uh, elitism uh, uh, and monarchy is an elitist uh, uh, hereditary system uh, the uh, you can see that Saudi Arabia has been providing uh, in terms of manpower the largest uh, supplier of manpower to terrorist organizations you take Al-Qaeda or ISIS the largest uh, uh, number uh, the, larger, the largest nationality in both of these groups are uh, are Saudi nationals. The United States has yet to address that. When they talk about, for example, <laughs> Yemen, they say Ansarullah, which is a purely Yemeni uh, group that has not a single Iranian among them yet. It's called Iranian back. ISIS has three to four thousand, maybe six thousand Saudis, uh, and money was flowing from Saudi Arabia by the millions. Yet no one has said. ISIS is Saudi-backed. You see that there is a lot of disinformation for the American people regarding uh, the situation in the Middle East because Saudi Arabia continues to provide since and before 2011, 2001, since and before 2001, the Saudi nationals and these groups have continued to rise and the terrorist groups and ISIS and Al-Qaeda and other groups that have killed Americans and beheaded Americans, yet American policymakers have not yet said anything. You know, Mr. Biden slipped one day and said <laughs> and told the truth, but then pressures came and to have him apologize for it. Right. And it shows you that the Saudi uh, control of over the American policymakers is huge for the U.S. president for the first time, probably to apologize to dictatorships of the United Arab Emirates, Qatar and Saudi Arabia for telling the truth. Uh, and uh, th- that shows you really uh, the, the problem. And as long as this policy continues to operate, the American, uh, the existence of America itself might, might be at risk because allowing dictatorships to determine your, even your domestic policy uh, that that means that this country is is, is and its decision is, is for sale by its, uh, its supposedly elected leaders. And you were talking about how the U.S. Um, you know helped prop up Bahrain and and maintain all of these um, monarchies to have control during the Arab Spring. We know that Saudi Arabia, of course, as you mentioned, called it the Arab Winter. They were very scared, um, helped quash the Arab Spring around that region as well. I wanted you to really quickly, uh, before we forget, mention the daughters of yes. the king, because th- before we move on to why this is all happening and how it ties into the bribery going on in the political system, really quickly mention the daughters as prisoners. The late king of Saudi Arabia, King Abdullah, who died uh, in, in January, ha- has three or four daughters, adult daughters, who have been 
held against their will in a palace and continue to be uh, to be held against their will for 14 years now, uh, uh, facing uh, and enduring domestic violence. Yet when King Abdullah died, what did uh, Mr. Kerry say? He is revered, that he's a moderate. <laughs> How can you be a moderate while uh, simultaneously continue to, uh, uh, to perpetuate domestic violence against your own daughters? That shows you the level of, of, uh, uh, of bigotry that uh, American politicians have for uh, uh, the people in the Middle East and for the Arab people. Imagine any American officials here who would do this for 14 days against his daughters. He will never see daylight again. He will not be uh, 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 a welcome. huge scandal. In fact, we, we all know uh, the story of this uh, uh, American uh, Castro who held uh, women for 11 years, you know, in a house uh, against their will and he received life in prison. We all condemned him. In fact, he might have been suicided in prison for that purpose. This is the guy in mm -hmm. Ohio. Mm -hmm. And the other and the other hand is look at uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, the former president of Cuba, uh, Fidel Castro, 48% of the Cuban uh, parliament are women, higher than the United States percentage. I haven't heard a single American say Fidel Castro is a reformer. He's a, mm -hmm. an advocate of women's rights. Saudi Arabia, because he allowed women to enter a council that has no power whatsoever, that that is reform. But uh, you know, and I, I I always like to compare Castro to to King Abdullah to show that the, how the the bias and how uh, the hypocrisy on on parts of many American leaders. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll link to an interview right now that actually RT did with the daughters. It's very fascinating. They've been living in this like basement area, just kind of without much food. And it's very, very disturbing there. And of course, a lot of people will look at Saudi Arabia and say, clearly, this is about oil, right? It's the, it's the most oil rich country in the world. You've talked about how this is actually about bribery, yes. um, bribery happening on behalf of Saudi Arabia to U.S. politicians. Now, this is where it gets really, really disturbing here. The Clinton Foundation's donor list is just full of Saudi royalty. I mean, dozens of Saudi names. The kingdom itself has given the foundation $25 million since it started. What is going on here? The Clinton Foundation has been so far the largest recipient of Saudi money uh, uh, among all other American organizations. Uh, the, the Carter Center, Harvard, Georgetown, uh, and other universities who have sold their academic integrity to an uh, exchange of Saudi money. In America, they say there, there is no free lunch. And uh, the Clinton Foundation, the money that came to the Clinton Foundation, uh, the, the, the Cl Hillary Clinton paid it back in, in, in policy decisions that uh, she made as Secretary of State. Let's not kid ourselves that I can give you tens of millions of dollars and you will not change your mind. Who are you? Who are we fooling here? Uh, this is not kindergarten, okay? This is, we are adults. We understand that for every dollar you, you get paid, you will get something in, 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 in exchange. And I, I bet you anybody around the, the America who, who, uh, who can say, I can take $40 million and not change my mind 
and my feelings toward you. Uh, this is corruption. It's not really about oil. Yes, oil begets money that it's used to purchase American uh, uh, domestic and foreign policy decisions. Uh, we there is an article recently about how the, the the Hillary Clinton changed her position after the Clinton Foundation received money from uh, uh, you know a company in Colombia regarding the free trade agreement between Colombia and the United States. Uh, these these you know we know very well that the American system works on money. If you if you raise money for a congressman for a candidate, you get something in in, in exchange. And but this is maybe the first time people talk about foreign money buying American foreign policy decisions. And it's, it's, it didn't start with Hillary Clinton, but Hillary Clinton made the worst of it. And I think Obama is doing the same because nobody has been held accountable. Where is the FBI who, who, who are chasing young Muslim uh, for tweeting? They should focus on <laughs> their American leaders who are selling American decisions, costing America's lives. September 11 is one of those uh, incidents that was possible because the decision not to hold Saudi Arabia and its financial organization, its government responsible for supporting terrorism. The Qataris and the, uh, and the Saudis funded Al-Qaeda for years there is no way Al-Qaeda and ISIS can operate without state support. And those states that are supporting Al-Qaeda are Saudis and Qataris and Kuwaitis. And they use government money. It's not private money like some media is trying to, to, uh, to, uh, to fool us into believing. We know very well that all armed groups in, in the Middle East have state sponsorship, money-wise, and, uh, and intelligence and guidance. So uh, it's really time for, for the American organizations, for the American federal agencies to take action to defend their own people. What is the worst thing you can hear about is when former FBI director, Louis Free, ends up following his uh, leaving office, end up being on the payroll of the Saudi government. Why is that? You think this is coincidental? No, it's because he played an important role in covering up for the Saudi monarchy and their crime against this country. Well, this is disgusting. I mean, it's disgusting. It should be illegal. It's astounding that this is just legal bribery going on. I mean, Hillary Clinton's clearly the worst I've seen. But then again, to what extent are other politicians getting bought off by these Gulf states? How is this going to affect Hillary's presidency when, if she does get elected, that she's basically being funded and getting outright bribes from the Saudi Arabian kingdom? I mean, it's out of control. Ali, you know, it's so frustrating because it seems so obvious, right? I mean, this is all happening. It's so hypocritical. Um, and it's all just as plain as day when you look at these documents. How can the people of this country and around the world pressure the U.S. government to end this unholy alliance, hold Saudi Arabia accountable to the same standards as we do other countries, and also help the people of Saudi Arabia maintain sovereignty while attaining personal freedom? The first thing that U.S. Congress can do is stand up for America and hold the United States uh, administrations responsible for uh, defending dictators who have their policy 
directly and indirectly have helped uh, terrorist attacks on the United States. Since September 11, we haven't seen a single bank, Saudi bank or Qatari bank, being held responsible for funding money and funding money to uh, Al-Qaeda and ISIS. Uh, the only Gulf bank we saw being uh, listed and, and, and uh, uh, sanctioned because they started uh, a bank with, with, uh, with an Iranian bank <laughs> that none of them have, who have funded, we know very well, who have channeled and funneled money to terrorists who killed Americans have been held accountable, not even shamed in public. And that shows you that the, the priority of the U.S. government is not terrorism, in, 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 you know, and uh, but to please these government monarchies who invest and fund uh, American uh, politicians or many American politicians, organizations or companies and so on. Uh, and uh, with with the, 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 the number one, the U.S. Congress must act as the voice of the people. It has authority to bring people to investigate. Without that, the U.S. Congress would be basically uh, like uh, the Saudi uh, Council. Council has no power, has no pl- no no place to uh, uh, have no influence to to to, to use. It, it, the 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 U.S. Congress is the voice of the people, and it's to it should be defending the interests of the United States and its people. How so far it has not uh, done so. I, I think people in the FBI and other uh, federal agencies uh, who are in charge of the, the security of the United States should look at many American politicians who have sold America's security and interest f- in exchange of funding uh, from the Saudi monarchies and, and other Gulf uh, governments because uh, these, this is exactly why uh, terrorism in the Middle East continue, is continuing. That we know in the Middle East, ISIS and Al-Qaeda are the, the most dangerous uh, group, terrorist groups in, in the Middle East. They are supported by the Gulf countries. We know that. It's not a secret. Right. Yet, what has the U.S. government done uh, to stop governments of Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and Kuwait from funding these people? There hasn't been a single person sanctioned. There hasn't been a single bank sanctioned. Uh, instead of, uh, if you want to stop terrorism, instead of bombing Yemen, go, you know, bomb. And I don't support that. If you want to bomb instead of bombing Yemen, go bomb the Saudis and Qataris, okay? You can do it politically by, right. by, by sanctioning a Saudi uh, ruling family, a Qatar ruling family, by squeezing their uh, pocket uh, book so they, they would not fund terrorism. I mean, if the problem is as pervasive as you outlined, which is, you know, Harvard and all these college institutions are getting money by the Saudi royal family as well, where do we even go? I mean, Congress is so bought out. And I'm sure all of them are getting um, funding from the Saudi government. Where do we go? Do we go to just human rights organizations? Do we try to find organizations that aren't getting funding by the Saudi royal family to galvanize this kind of support for the Saudi people? The, the people in Saudi Arabia must c- carry their own weight. Mm-hmm. And I think, but most importantly, that the United States people gather uh, grassroots movements, pushing their congressmen, their media to cover these issues because, you know, we, we cannot defend uh, every country in the world, but mm-hmm. at least we should start with our country. Right. The American people should start liberating their country from Saudi and Gulf monarchies' influence 
And if, if that happens, the, I think the people of the, of the Middle East, the people of the Gulf will be able, will be in a position after the United States stops supporting them. I, I really always said that, even in, before Congress, I said, we don't need your support. We right. only need you to stop supporting the dictators who are oppressing us because we need to win our own liberty. Liberty cannot be given. It has to be won. And I think it's our job to win, our job as Arabs in the Gulf to win our liberty and freedom from these dictators. We just ask for the United States and Western governments not to help them uh, put us down. Thank you so much, Ali Al-Ahmed, Director of the Institute for Gulf Affairs. Really appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to Media Roots Radio. This podcast is the product of many long hours of hard work and love. If you want to encourage our voice, please consider supporting us as we continue to speak from outside party lines. Even the smallest donations help us with operating costs. If you do want to donate, please give a shout out to Media Roots Radio in the information line so my brother and I can thank you the next time we do a podcast. Thanks so much.